Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now, I've just been the recipient of what I'm going to call some fan mail. And the writer has, I'm going to say, a very floral approach to language. And I won't burden you with the details, but they sign off by calling me, I quote, a despicable, bigoted, and then... I want to say ideo, ideologue, I'd, ideologue. I mean, they've called me something that I don't understand what it means. I mean, I can barely say it, let alone be it. L- listen, can I just ask if you're going to send in fan mails? Can you just use a bit easier words? Because I looked it up and I still don't know what it means. So thank you very much. Episode eight. Tom. After the tone, after the tone, leave your message after the tone. It's your obligatory round of applause start. Thank you very much. Hello, welcome, welcome to another dose of that there after the tone, the podcast made up entirely of voice notes from you, the general public, as hosted by me a member of the non-general public, a host, a personality. (laughs) My name's Scotty. Hello, it's a privilege. It's a pleasure. I mean, it's also a chore, to be fair. What a week. (laughs) I'm laughing because I've had a rollercoaster of a week, which I'm not going to get into now because... This isn't therapy and I'm not going to pay you 50 quid for the pleasure. Who knows? (laughs) 
what version of a lockdown that you're listening to this from. I mean, here in England, it's a bit here, there or everywhere, to be honest with you. I think the current guidelines in my area, because it varies, it seems, from postcode to postcode, is... um, that Virgos aren't actually allowed out after 10pm, but you should be all right if you buy yourself a salt lamp. So uh, that's the kind of health messaging that we're getting in England. How's the health messaging where you are? <laughs> I tell you what, I've got quite into the hocus pocus this year with the, um, you know, your Epsom salts and your vitamin D oral sprays steady. And I tell you what, I've become, some might say codependent, but I'm leaning quite heavily into rescue remedy and lavender oil. So there's that. <laughs> I had this thought the other day. When I was thinking about lavender oil, I thought, this is just middle-class poppers, isn't it? This is how heterosexual people relax their anus. <laughs> anyway, aren't you glad you came? I've said that before. <laughs> Filth. Listen, if my mother was ever to listen to this. Um, now, you've all been up to no good this week because our audio mailbag is full to the brim, so I'm told by producer Debbie. And I know that as well because we've also been charting again. And I say we because it's a collective effort. I don't just mean, you know, me and producer Debbie. I mean you lot because, you know, it's your fault too. <laughs> And um, this week, when I was looking at where we were in the Apple podcasts, we were featured next to TV's very own Denise Van Outen, which is somebody that, I mean, maybe 3% of the listenership will understand. TV's very own. Who knew? So hello to all the listeners in Germany, Denmark, Canada and Spain. Hello. You know, I love what my dad would call, with affection, a foreign accent. So if anyone in places like... Glasgow fancy calling in (laughs) you know it would be lovely for people from far off lands to drop us a little line because you know it's always nice and it mix it up so drop us a voice note to the whatsapp number which is this zero seven double eight two hundred three four two zero Right, I think that's enough for me, actually. I think we should just get on with it and see what kind of (laughs) ridiculousness... You know, we all have to brace ourselves before I say go, because you never know what's going to happen. I'm listening to it live with you, so I haven't got a fucking clue either, so we're all in the dark. Here we go, episode eight. Who is first in the voicemail box? Hiya, Scotty. It's the ex-runner who called you. Maybe a month ago now, I don't know, haven't actually been on another run since, but I was talking about how men will just run at you and you suggested the idea of just walking at people, taking up space rather than assuming that you have to get out of the way. And it's been going all right, bit weird with the old trying to say two metres away from people because, you know, I don't want to be a twat, but also I'd like to feel empowered someone just walked past me there and bashed into my bag but that's fine it was a woman so I'll allow it um and speaking of walking at women I was in the swing of things walking at people the other day and I was kind of on a roll and I was going to the get the tube to get into the tube uh you have to walk down some steps because it's underground I don't know if you 
know that to all the international listeners that's the case and um, I sort of had to turn the corner immediately down the stairs and a woman was coming up the stairs and I was on this roll of not giving a fuck and just making people get out my way so she sort of was maybe doing the same I don't know and we just kind of stood in front of each other for about 30 seconds and it got quite aggy I didn't move that she ended up moving and she just went fucking rude so you know it swings and roundabouts it's a brave new world that we're all navigating and uh, just thought I'd give you an update and anyone else who wants to try it it's quite fun so just walk at people and they'll get out your way all right babes lots of love bye Well, there we go, follow-up call. It's always nice to know how it's gone, particularly when I'm sat here dishing out (laughs) life advice (laughs) and not really recognising that people would actually do what I say. (laughs) My mum once said if I was ever to start a religion, people would really fall for it. (laughs) I think I'm just quite convincing in tone. Anyway walking at people. Well, I'm glad it's sort of hit and miss, isn't it? I think you're sort of targeting the wrong people, if I'm being fair, because it's got to be a bit of give and take. I like your defiance to be like, well, I'm not moving for 30 seconds. I do like that. It shows strong character. But, you know, is life worth it to be stood there for 30 seconds? Particularly in front of somebody who's probably affected by it in their life as well. Hi, Scotty. So I'm starting to get really anxious about Christmas and about going home for Christmas. I might not even be able to at this rate, but I've got a couple of family members who are really right-wing and they seem to get more Tory every year. And, you know, we're all trying to just have a nice time and... You know, it's a bit of an elephant in the room, really. We've had lots of arguments about politics and all that before. And uh, I don't know, I just just don't know what to do because I feel like it's really important to challenge their views. But I also just want to have a good time. I just want to relax. So I don't know, maybe I'll just like give it a miss this year just stay on my own ah. right bye oh hello dear caller now little unknown showbiz fact that i actually haven't celebrated christmas for about four years now and that first came about because i come from quite a traditional roman catholic irish family and when you have like a significant passing in the family you often don't celebrate the first Christmas or, you know, like a birthday afterwards as a sign of respect. And so when my granddad passed away, I didn't do Christmas. So it was sort of like an enforced Catholic tradition, I guess. Bearing in mind, like, I am faithless and a recovering Catholic now. So I don't know why I thought, well, I should do this, but I probably just thought out of respect for my nan. And I tell you what, I don't miss it. I've, I've never gone back because it is just tinsel and disappointing presents. So if that helps in any way to mitigate those feelings of like, oh, am I missing out on Christmas? Because essentially you can have a roast dinner whenever you fancy. I mean, people are doing wonderful roasts already and it's before Halloween. So by the time you get to December, you're going to be bored of it, to be fair. And, I mean, you should be so lucky that the right-wing people in your family are Tory. (laughs) 
check your privilege. Some people's families, they've got the BNP in them. Not mine. My family are too Irish and too Labour. In summary, fuck it. Stay at home. Get yourself a lovely Toblerone or some after eights if you're that way inclined. I don't really like flavoured chocolate because I think it's disgusting. But, you know, it just sort of tastes like you're having chocolate and a mouthful of chewing gum at the same time. It's a very bizarre concept. Also, Terry's Chocolate Orange, who are you? I blame Dawn French for a lot. Just sit at home, do the things you want to do, watch the telly that you want to do, fart when you like. No need to entertain racist nana. Do you know what I mean? Fuck it off. Enjoy yourself. And this goes, this is a public service announcement for everyone. Don't fucking bother doing it if you don't want to do it. Do you know what I mean? Live your life. Oh my God, I sound like Beyonce or somebody else. Like very motivational. Maybe I'm more Ellen DeGeneres, but without the racism. Are you Scotty love? It's that JRF here. Are you love? Oh, what a gorgeous episode. Oh, and I got sympathy tears when you got all emotional listening to those lovely lesbians in in South America. I got emotional as well. It was really cute. You could just imagine them all being cooey and cute and lovely in bed together and like their heads on the pillow and like, oh, should we leave a message for Scotty? Yeah, let's leave a message for Scotty. That's the love story I want to see on the big screen. Nine months apart. Bless them. Bless them. But as you say, they've got better things to be doing than leaving messages for you. But it was lovely that they shared their love with the After the Tone crew. I was listening back to all the episodes because they're that good. I was, I was. And you know what? You're lovely company. And I say that to everybody. Anyway, I was listening back to all your shows and there was a few things that popped out to me. Firstly, slightly salacious, not sure if it's 100% true, but I'm going to stick my neck out and say... Pete Tong, do you remember Pete Tong, Pete Tong, Ramalama Ding Dong, Radio 1 DJ? Anyway, he lost his virginity, apparently, to Vanessa Feltz. Yeah, there you go. Pete Tong and Vanessa Feltz. And um, that's the cat just come in. And you mentioned, can we have some avant-garde sounds? Now, I have recently filled up my bird feeder in my garden and I'm just watching the sparrows and tits. Lovely. And I thought you'd enjoy this. The eider duck, (laughs) stick with me. The eider duck um, has a very comical noise and I'll play it for you. It sounds a little bit between Frankie Howard and uh, Kenneth Williams. So here we go. Let's have a listen. Hopefully you can hear it. There you go. The Ida Duck. Oh, oh, oh. They were an endangered species, mostly because they were being killed and put into people's duvets. But is it any wonder they're endangered if they uh, sound like that? That's the males. Hmm. I don't think that uh, that Ida Duck's interested in Mrs. Ida Duck, if you get me drift. Anyway, I thought I'd just share that with the group. So, yeah, a bit of celebrity gossip. Vanessa Feltz, a beautiful woman. I'm laughing only because... Do you remember when on the front cover of one of these magazines, friends worry that Vanessa Feltz is drinking custard again? I don't know why that didn't win a Peabody Award for journalism. I really do... <laughs> I want to know more about what other foodstuffs does she drink? 
Do you remember when John Prescott drank carnation milk? I'm not laughing at people with eating disorders. I've got a history of them myself. Anyway, I've got a little, I've got a little cold tit dancing around my fat balls in the garden. Anyway, love and light. God bless, sweetheart. And I look forward to hearing another after the tone. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> A whole array of emotions there. From that there regular, that there JRF. <laughs> long-term listener, long-term contributor. We love the regular contributors. So don't ever feel like, oh, am I sending too many messages? There's never too many messages. All right. And I'll let you know by court injunction if there ever were. Now, I love the sound of that bird. Camp as fucking tits. And when you said they were an endangered species because people kept on putting them in the duvets, well, there's a queer analogy there, isn't there? About, well, join the dots for yourself. Now, I do hope that your small swallow is having a good old time around your fat balls. (laughs) What are you all like? Now, Vanessa Feltz and Pete Tong, I'm told by the lawyers, we cannot citate, what do they call it on Wikipedia? Citate? Citate that that actually did happen. It's a true lie. Fake news. It could be any of them. I once had a run-in with Vanessa Feltz, which I can tell you because it, it was true, it happened. I was asked to come on her show on the radio to talk about being fat. And then, because they didn't say I wanted to have a diet and change, put the phone down on me. So that was my show <laughs> run-in with Vanessa Feltz on BBC London about 10 years ago. Also, friends fear she's drinking custard again. Now, I don't see the problem because... Another unknown showbiz fact is I actually quite like milk-based cocktails. And I got this addiction, let's call it, through a place in Manchesterford called Canal Street, or Anal Treat, if you're a local. Now, on Canal Street, there used to be a bar, a girl bar called Vanilla. And I was occasionally allowed to go in with lesbian friends uh, because, you know, soft femme type. In there, they did a cocktail called a Nutty Fucker, which was Cointreau and UHT Asda carton milk. Well, I tell you what, it was delicious. And because of their licensing, you had to buy two drinks and you got a tube of Pringles for free. And that was a tenner. Up the road in Velvet, they do a cocktail, I don't know if they still do it, called a Bakewell Tart which is amaretto, some cherry liqueur, and custard. (laughs) Now, I'll tell you what, if you haven't tried a milk-based or custard-based cocktail, you don't know what you're missing. And actually, perhaps Vanessa is a forerunner of... What do they call those people who make... Mixologists. Maybe there's a mixologist career, though, for Vanessa Felch. Who knew? Hello, Scotty. It's me. Um, I've just pulled over because... I'm absolutely fucking furious. I need someone to vent to. I was uh, driving on my way home and I ended up on BBC Radio 2 playing some fantastic tunes. And then Vanessa Felt says, here's a song that I'm sure I'm jealous of you all enjoying your crumpets and jam uh, and your scones on this fine Monday afternoon. What I want to know is, is that what the fucking middle class do on a fucking Monday while we're all fucking slogging it? Are they absolute cunts? Well, of course they're cunts, but is that what they're fucking doing on a fucking Monday? 
having fucking clotted cream and jam and scones and crumpets at five fucking clock. Am I missing something? Is that why I'm always fucking hungry? Anyway, love you, bye. <laughs> Very Vanessa Feltz heavy show this week. Who would have thought? <laughs> the last person I thought would be featuring very happy was Vanessa Feltz. Now, international listeners, Vanessa Feltz is like... What's Vanessa Feltz like? Well, she's about five foot high and always looks like she's chewing a wasp. She just looks angry. She's had blonde extensions for as long as I've known her. I'm talking about her as she's a showbiz friend. <laughs> she's like a radio presenter. She used to have a daytime television programme around the same time as Trisha, you know, Trisha, a friend of the show, Trisha, who called in the other week. And from the same sort of era. She looks great in pink. She was in Celebrity Big Brother. There you go, that's the ilk. Now, crumpets and scones. In which world are you having both? Five o'clock on a Monday. I couldn't agree more with you, actually. Uh. I think a socially acceptable time for a crumpet is about 9am in the morning when you've got no bread in and all you can think of doing is getting out of the house. And we all know the rule of a crumpet. It's basically a vessel for butter, isn't it? Because that's essentially what you're eating. You're not having the crumpet, you just go in, this is a cup for my butter. And your heart goes, oh no, please don't. And you go, do you know what? It tastes lovely. And if you're like me, you taste butter in the way that posh middle-class people taste wine. You smell it, swish it around in your mouth, and you say, oh, what lovely legs. I think that's what posh people say about wine. I can feel the anger, particularly you're just sort of listening along. It's almost like you're going a different road to the other people. It's like when I first meant to somebody's house, I was like one of the first posh people that I've ever met, and she started calling them her mum by her first name, and I was like, what the and apparently that's quite a normal thing that posh people do. Who knew? Um, so I feel your anger. Please feel free to call in again with any more complaints from any BBC radio programmes. <laughs> we love to hear it. We do love to hear it. I love this podcast, so I'm very glad that you're carrying on. I'm just walking to Aldi, which I've realised you call the Aldi. And I quite like that. A funny thing, because I love this podcast so much because you're working class like me. And my friend, who we basically grew up together, went to the same school. I went to Manchester Uni, she went to South Uni. She's moved to Worcester because she's got a job as an ecologist. Very posh. And uh, she got with this boyfriend and I said, he sounds posh. He sounds very posh. And she said, no, no, he's just a normal guy, you know, down to earth. Hey, she was chatting to him and he was mentioning his babysitter and she was like, how do you know your babysitter so well? And he said, oh, she used to, you know, just live in with us. He had a full-time au pair. I didn't even know what au pair meant until my second year of uni and I did English lit. I should know the words. I mean, I guess it's French. I thought it was spelled au pair, but no, it's spelled A-U space pair so um yeah and i said i've got a similar thing because my boyfriend is from london again posh and uh he says glass and bar yes i've upskilled in life i said have you ever had a cleaner he's like oh yeah i did more as a treat to my mum and i thought wow and that's the divide but it is funny isn't it when you start 
I'm just walking past some people and they're looking at me a bit funny. <laughs> oh, hello, lovely person. Oh, all the feels. All the feels. Oh, pear. Oh, pear. <laughs> well, you know how good my French is. I think au pair means too fucking lazy to look after my own fucking kids. That's what it means. I've got a great showbiz story about getting the wrong end of the stick with the French. I do this little stint for the BBC Radio 4 and we were doing what they call an OB, an outdoor broadcast. And it was around a posh person's house. Very posh, like very, very posh. And like she lives next door to Kirsty Allslop, like that posh. Now, my job as part of one of the links was to take something that one of these chefs from Great British chef menu whatever bullshit celebrity version of course i didn't know who it was and i've got to bring it over to the table and go oh look what this lovely person has made for us to have at this party now she says to me here we go scotty this is il flottant and i go all oh, right and I'm thinking, well, we're recording, so I better just go along with it. So I'm like, oh, yeah, lovely. So I go over to the table with these, I don't know, this, like, sort of semi-green shot with something in the middle of it. And um, they go, oh, what have you brought us, Scotty? And I go, well, we brought you a floaton. <laughs> and they go, yes, well, what is it? And I go, so in my French head, I go, il floaton. So I think, well, it's floating. I've got that bit. So I said, it's a shot of floating eel. And they all look at me like, I'm like, well, I didn't cook it. It's like eel, you know, like, like seafood eel. You know, because I'm thinking like, maybe it's like a posh version of jelly eeled. No, no, it's custard with a bit of meringue that floats in it. Eel flottant, floating island. Well, nobody told me, did they? You don't get those down the Aldi. Oh, excuse me, where do you keep the eel flottant? It's not a thing. Posh people don't know they're born, really, do they? A cleaner, a cleaner, just to help mum out. My mum was a cleaner and she cleaned her own ass. And my nan's ass. <sighs> Work shy. I think that's what middle class means in Norman English. Work shy. Hi, Scotty. It's the carer here. Thanks for keeping the pub open. I really appreciate it. You're asking for spooky stories. I've actually got a spooky story about caring for mum. Anyway, it was back, like, last year, I think Christmas time. Mother comes home from the hospital after, I think it was her second stroke. So she was on loads of morphine. And we'd done her room out. The bed's in the middle of the room, so I built a fake wall down the middle of the room because she doesn't like it at night when she doesn't, she's not up against the wall. Anyway, she had her in, and within the first couple of days and sort of night time, she kept ringing the bell. I kept coming upstairs and she was talking to all her relatives over the sides of the wall. But I didn't realise it was relatives at first. She was like, you know, my uncle Ronnie and Maureen and Doreen's over there. And I was like, over where? She was on the other side of the wall where they're sleeping. I've got a ring doorbell up there and you can watch through the doorbell when she's doing stuff. And it's really spooky because it's really fisheye. So she kept going on this whole night and it was all weekend actually, all night. And then I realised that everyone who was she was talking to was dead. And anyway, so I brought her up porridge one morning and she's sitting there talking to her family. She's like, oh, thanks for the porridge. You've all got none for them. Uncle Ronnie and Doreen's there. 
they would love some porridge. And it's got to the stage where I was sort of entertaining the sort of madness to it. So I went and made two bowls of porridge and put them over the wall. So I leave these two bowls of porridge and I come downstairs. And then I hear a bit of a clang bang and mum rings the bell. And I come upstairs and one of the bowls of porridge had been eaten and the other one was knocked on the floor. And my mum said that Doreen didn't like it because it wasn't salty enough. No. Was she communicating with her dead relations over that wall? It's all true. It's 100% true. We do own a dog and there is lots of other reasons out of it. But it freaked the fuck out of me. Delicious phone call there from another regular, the carer. Oh, the last thing my granddad ever said to me when he was in his hospice is, I really love that my granddad features quite heavily in this. So when someone's had such a significant effect on your life that you can always refer back to them, can't you? Because there's always a story about them. But yeah, one of the last things he said to me, because there's like these stages of death, apparently, which I learned through his passing, where you stop talking and communicating and your mouth starts opening and then that people start to become aware that you are dying slowly. Because that's how we allow people to die in the UK. He hadn't really spoken for, I think, probably like a day. Anyway, I start coming in and I start talking to him. And I'm sat there and I'm sort of holding his hand. And um, I put Elvis on. And my mum said, oh, that's a good idea because he likes the Elvis. And um, we're sat there and all of a sudden he says my name. And I'm like, yeah, I'm here. So I go over to him. I said, are you all right? He said, oh, of course, I'm fine. Like completely compassmentous. And I said... Oh, yeah, what are you doing? He said, oh, I'm just here with my brothers. And I said, right, uh, who's there? And he spoke about Brendan and Mickey, both brothers that had passed away. And um, he said, oh, we're fine, we're having a great time. And that was the last thing he ever said to me. And I thought, I mean, it could be spooky. I mean, she could just be high as a fucking kite. But whatever that was, him communicating to me to let me know that he was all right and that he was with his brothers, that he missed very sorely, actually, just made me feel like, well, if it is spooky, it's nice spooky, isn't it? Salty porridge, though. Oh, in which world? Scottish people are quite wild about the salty porridge. I mean, I much prefer, I think posh people call it a compote. You know, like a berry juice. <laughs> Compote is berry juice. Give me a French dictionary because is compote even French? Who knows? I would do a great translation of a French dictionary. If you've got any French words that you want deciphering, people, hit us up on the WhatsApp number, all right? Any words in any language you need deciphering, I'm here for it. Open up the WhatsApp, send you send your words to this number. Zero seven double eight two hundred. I'm going to regret saying that now, aren't I? Anyway, on with the show. Just been listening to episode six. I want to thank you for your gorgeous response to the person with the perfumes and that was really worried. The person who was just feeling it all, all the pressure, and you just know they would have done an amazing job. And I hope they sold tens of thousands of bits of their smell but your response was really moving and I had a little cry as I was walking along, listening away. 
and I look like a right muppet but I sort of didn't care because you hit the nail on the head and spoke all the things that it feels like are being magnified right now in a time when the whole industry is kind of screaming at a government to recognize us artists creatives i'm feeling very much torn between trying to convince posh eating boys that being an artist is a worthy career convincing my mum but also convincing my own industry that art and skills and creativity should be paid for and valued more than it was before lockdown and more than is being proposed as we try to climb out of lockdown. Thank you, caller, for calling in. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, the, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I don't know any other industry in which it would be socially acceptable for you to work for nothing. I don't know other industries in which that is a possibility. Could you imagine if you were, I don't know, if you worked in HR and you'd be like, do you know what, I'm going to come in on Saturday and um, do some people's PAYE sign-ons because I just have a real passion for recruitment. In which world would your boss say to you, listen, I just wondered if at all possible finance that you'd be able to do this gig for slightly cheaper? I mean, it's a, it's a fucking ludicrous, with or without pandemic. I find it really upsetting that we are living in this world where we, we're being told we have to retrain. Particularly because we do a lot of community work as artists. We do a lot of work about health and wellness and well-being and community structuring and working with community leaders and activists and builders to get stuff sorted. And, you know, like many other people that are working with communities in lots of different ways, the Tory government are favouring capitalism. I did the test you know, the test in the UK, we've got this thing where it's like the government's kind of saying what other jobs you might be able to do. So you have to answer some questions like, you know, do you like talking to people? Well, I mean, I couldn't tell you yes, no, or maybe, because actually that depends on who I'm talking to. Do you know what I mean? Like, it depends who I'm talking to and on what day and whether or not I've been taking my meds regularly. And if I've done yoga that day, I mean, all of these things are factors in whether or not I want to talk to a member of the general public. Then we take into factor, like, you know, who in the general public? Anyway, so I do these questions to the best of my ability. You know, being a lowly artist, what skills do I have? You're lucky I could read. You're lucky I could actually press the mouse to be able to do the test. So I, I do it, and it gives me one field in which it thinks I could work in. I kid you not, gaslit.com, the creative industries. <laughs> you couldn't fucking write it with these cunts, could you? Anyway, we've got each other. We might not have any buildings to make work in. We might not have any walls left by the end of it. We might have destructured, destabilised and defunded the art so much that actually the arts was this thing that we look back on, you know, like cave paintings. Be like, oh, in the 2000s, they did this thing. But, you know, we've still got each other. <laughs> and that's the sort of very optimistic, light-hearted message that I think many of you come here for. Keep doing, keep being, keep being an arsehole, keep getting under people's fingernails and don't feel that you need to justify it to your family and your friends. Don't waste the energy. Maybe they just won't get it. My nan thinks I'm a drag queen and I'm really okay with it because do you know what? If that makes sense to her, that makes sense to her. But don't feel that you need to 
beg people into seeing you because you know you're here with a bunch of old freaks who we're all largely creative thinkers I say that because I mean we're all talking into telephones making podcasts you know what I mean so technically I think actually we're probably Einstein's what's the plural for our Einstein's Einstein's Hi, Scotty. Yeah, it's the carrier again. I know it's um, call number two this week. Um, whether I get through again, I don't know. Can't think of anyone else to pick up the story to because it just made me think about horror. I mean, the real horror story for you is fucking 2020. I mean, I know it's a fucking obvious one, but Jesus fucking Christ. What's going on with people at the moment? I've had one of those ones today. I've had a few tinnies. Yes, it's done me head in. I can't stop thinking about it. Tupper Tin is out with mum today. We're wearing our masks today. Lovely new masks what my mates fucking made for us. Bumped into someone who I thought was fucking intelligent. Starts having the sort of, oh, it's a giggle, isn't it? Oh, what? Is it getting to you now? Then you're all paranoid with your masks on. And I was just like, what? And then, it, you know, it's like paranoid. Look, I'm all in for a fucking conspiracy theory. And you know what? If I'm ready to buy into anything, the end of any paranoid spectrum, let it be, right? It doesn't fucking exist. It's all a fucking play, fucking Avenue QAnon bullshit. Or I'm sitting in the corner of the room fucking spraying myself with a sephora constantly or in a fucking bath of fucking hand sanitizer. Do you know what I mean? And it's like the conclusion of either one. So say if even fucking five years' time or whatever you tell us, oh, right, no, it was all a fake, right? It's a bit of shame. All right, yeah, well, I sat in the corner of a fucking hand sanitizer for fucking six months and was spraying myself. Oh, well, deal with it. And then the other option, if it isn't fucking in on you, you cunts, we're all dead. So I'd much rather just continuously spray everyone. And how dare you come up to me while I'm wheeling a fucking 90-year-old woman around the streets? telling me what I'm doing in fucking COVID protection. Oh, my God. What is happening? That's the horror story. I mean, that is, can't be more terrifying than we have stepped through the fucking horror movie. We have said Candyman far too many times in front of that fucking mirror. It's here. Yeah, love you. Cheers for that. I needed to shout at someone. Retweet. I mean, if I believed in organised religion, I'd say amen. A person. Do you know what I find so interesting? Is that people will willingly accept their moral compass being dictated by a book that has been reinterpreted so many times for political benefit, namely the Bible, as the way in which they will structure their society and their moral compass and the judicial system. But the sooner you say to them, well, do you mind just washing your hands? They're like, don't fucking control me. Here's my conspiracy theory, right? I actually think nobody's a lizard. Big thinking here from me. I don't think there are organised paedophile rings of lizards who are shape-shifting and are members of the London Ambulance Service. I don't think that's happening. Do you know why? Because I think we're not actually that clever you know, by saying all this conspiracy and believing in all of these things, you accept that the human race actually are intelligent. And if science can tell you anything, it's that we're thick as fucking shit. We ain't got a fucking clue. We're all making it up as we go along. 
No one has got the fucking time. We're all fucking too busy trying to survive under late capitalism to be, like, working out how to be a member of QAnon and the scientific Scientologists of the world. Only the human race would have taken a piece of fiction and turned it into a religion. And, I mean, that's happened multiple times. I'm not just talking about the church of the Tom Cruises here. There's something which I've fucking getting on my goat recently is that to somehow be critical of government action makes you an anti-masker. Now, because I'm looking at how the government are going around things and the disproportionate effect of how it's affecting working class people and who it's killing, who's dead or dying here, right? There's something we need to be talking about that. Oh, I've lost my train of thought, but... <laughs> Hello, welcome to my high horse. Do you know what? Let's re-fucking-name the podcast High Horse Conspiracies because I've said it once in the last few minutes, I'll say it again. We're not fucking clever enough. Capiche? <laughs> Thanks for calling the carer. Love a return call in the same episode. Can't get enough of you, to be fair, babe. And that, dear listener, is the end of episode eight. Well, I tell you what, I'm not going to lie to you. I have had a shit week, and after this, I feel in a slightly better mood. I've said slightly better. So I'm grateful for you, your gaggle, your gorgeousness. You're a murder. Let's call you a murder. Collective of After the Toners are called a murder. As ever, uh, thanks so much for everyone who called in. Please like, follow, subscribe, review, share, all of that business. Tell the nearest person over 60, because I tell you what, I want to reach the elders who are... In the midst of this, the worth and the value of their lives are being discussed in such a disposable nature. In the same vein as we're talking about disposable masks, we are talking about the lives of elders. So if you've got an elder, if you've got a story about an elder, we'd love to hear them. You know the number. It's in the description box. We don't need to play you the theme tune again. You know it by now, babes. So listen, remember, do me a favour, clean your teeth, be nice to each other, because the world is a knobhead and we all deserve better, don't we? So from producer Debbie and me, it's goodbye. I'll feed and see you in seven days, if we survive. Tone, after the tone, after the tone, leave your After the Tone is presented by me, Scotty, produced by Debbie Kilbride, with shout-outs this week to Liv Morris, Lorraine Bowen, JJ Cranston and Podcast.co. It's a Debbie Productions production. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.